Good morning and welcome to a Tuesday morning, March the 29th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and of course, our regularly uh, scheduled Tuesday morning and highly esteemed uh, Christian lecturer, author, and pastor, Dr. J.B. Hickson. Uh, who are we are always thrilled to see on Tuesday morning, and and we are this morning as well. JB, good morning, welcome, and uh, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, and you know you always introduce uh, me by saying it's uh, great to see me, and I don't know if our listeners realize, but we record this podcast via Zoom, so we are actually looking at each other, and we so are. I apologize that you have to look at me the whole the whole uh, series. Well, that's of- funny. I was getting ready to apologize for, <laughs> for the same thing. Uh, but, but it is kind of helpful because a lot of times when I'm uh, going on and on and on and uh, with an extended filibuster, I can see you on the screen motioning me to shut up. So uh, so that's the kind of the behind the scenes. <laughs> Not in a million years, sir. <laughs> the behind the scenes look for our listeners this morning. But no, it's great well, to be you with know, you. I, just, just so our listeners know, uh, you can get away with the video stuff. We could publish it. But uh, I have the perfect face for radio, and I know that. So <laughs> yeah. that's why we don't normally put out a video series. But well, no but, argument here. So, <laughs> but we, we well, I, I hate to scare everybody, but we are considering it. I, I don't yeah. know. We we may yeah. at some point in time. But um, that's another subject for another time. <laughs> I'd rather talk about something else. You know, I have in front of me here uh, a wonderful book written by some obscure person uh, by the name of J.B. Hickson. It's called The Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, Part one, Volume 1. And uh, you were kind enough uh, to send Pastor and I a copy of that each. Yeah. And uh, I've been kind of engrossed in it. And I have to be honest with you, usually after work in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, so I'm, I can blame you for a lack of sleep, sir, because I can't put the book down. I just want you to know that. It, it's extremely well-written, and uh, I can tell that every minute of 15 years' worth of research went into writing this book. And, boy, I'll tell you what, I greatly appreciate what it contains. And, uh, uh, you know... 15 years of studying for this uh, has obviously produced a wealth of information. And I know that there's probably even more that you've learned that you were not able to contain in, in one volume or maybe even two volumes. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, we, we planned when we, when we wrote this book uh, that it would be part of a two volume set, because if we'd put everything that I wanted to cover into one book, it would have been, you know, six or 700 pages. Uh, but actually I'm, I'm, I'm toying with an idea of making it even more volumes. Um, because, uh, if the Lord tarries is coming, things are happening so rapidly that I just, I'm constantly making notes, uh, on my Evernote, uh, pad here on my computer yeah. of things that I want to address in the right. next volume. But, um, you're right. When you say 15 years, it's 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 been um, a, a deep and, and, and abiding interest of mine ever since I first woke up to the world as it really exists. 
And I tell the story in chapter one, the introduction about how that happened. And in fact, the book is dedicated to a dear friend named Shane, who is the one who kind of first got me thinking about these things. And um, right, he, uh, so I tell that story. But ever since then, I've just been going down the rabbit hole and and it's, it's uncovered one lie after another, one deception after another. And I, and I of course, running it all through the grid of Scripture. Um, uh, which we should always do, yes. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. I have uh, on my uh, shelves behind me and all around me in my office here, all kinds of books about various uh, deceptions. Uh, but most of them are not written by, you know, conservative biblical uh, scholars, or certainly not uh, dispensationalists who understand God's plan of the ages in a literal, grammatical, historical way, and right. uh, yet they do expose interesting uh, information and, and, and stuff that kind of leads me to connect the dots a little differently. So it's, um, it's one of those things that, you know, has just uh, been fascinating uh, as I, as I kind of went through it. And then as I think most of our listeners know, we did uh, oh, oh, a couple of years ago now, or a year and a half ago, a uh, video series by the same title, Spirit of the Antichrist. And then uh, in that, we kind of follow the same outline, though each 45 to minute to one hour session obviously could only go so far uh, right. on each topic. So we decided to expand it into a book, and then the Lord's just kind of taken it from there and, and led and guided as I, uh, as I put it together. But uh, yeah, really excited about it. It's already getting a lot of traction. Uh, just this morning, we were on the John Loeffler uh, Steel on Steel radio show that oh, uh, yeah. aired this morning, and it's a 26-minute interview. And of course, each interviewer is coming from a slightly different perspective. And um, mm -hmm. John mm -hmm. did a great job. And, and so uh, even though to some people it might seem like, boy, it seems like a lot of airtime about the book, I believe it's the most important book I've ever written. Uh, it's very timely for such a time as this. And yeah, I agree. Is slightly different and touches on different things because I don't script anything. I'm just speaking from the heart. But for your audience, which is a solid biblical, you know, biblically astute audience, uh, I just want to remind you that the whole premise of this book is that the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work among us. And absolutely, you know, we are told that because we are to be sensitive and discerning and, uh, and understand what's real and what's not. Uh, so I think that's what kind of sets my, uh, this book apart uh, from a lot of other books about the grand conspiracy or the great conspiracy that, as it's often called, is that I'm coming from a thoroughly biblical worldview. It doesn't mean I'm always right. I'm not infallible by any means. And so some of the connections and, and conclusions that I come to uh, may prove to be not accurate. Who knows? Uh, but I'm pretty pretty sure as long as I've studied this and with the data and the documentation, 38 pages of bibliographic citations, yeah. uh, yes. that it's uh, that it's accurate. But uh, but yeah, I, I hope people will pick it up. So we're going to talk about it today on the program, and we're going to kind of give some, some high, highlights and high points, and then we're going to zero in on one particular chapter that is of interest to you that you've asked uh, to kind of to really dialogue about. But I want to let listeners know right off the bat, and we'll mention it a few times throughout, that if you want to learn more about it or, or purchase the book, it's only available through the Not By Works Ministries website. We don't have it on Amazon. Uh, we feel like Jeff Bezos has enough money, so uh, we're trying to yeah. use this yeah, for the glory of God. But the easiest way to get to it is just go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org. 
www.ethicsforgood.org. And on that page, you can read the preface, you can see the table of contents, and you can click a button to order it if that's uh, what you uh, want to do. So spiritoftheantichrist.org. But with yeah. that, I'll, I'll throw it back to you and we can. All uh, right. Dive in. Fantastic. I, I guess my, my first question to you would be, well, it's something that you mentioned um, when you were introducing the book and telling us a little bit about it, uh, that you uh, came to a point in, in your research where you had literally awakened to this conspiracy uh, and began to see it more clearly. Um, and you, I think the words you used were, uh, were I began to see the world as it really is. Um, can you explain exactly what you mean by that? Yeah, so that's a great question. I'm, and I'm really glad because I often kind of forget to lay that foundation when I'm talking about this. But a couple of things. First of all, yes, the conspiracy. Now, that term is loaded with a negative connotation thanks to the CIA, CIA and their operation yeah. you know, they put forth back in 67. So we have a section in the book. I don't remember which chapter it's in, but it's one of the subsections of a chapter, and it's called The Conspiracy Theory Conspiracy. That's and right. it, it details how that phrase, conspiracy theory, first uh, came into being. It was invented by the CIA. We've got the declassified documents to prove it. And it was intended to discredit those that were seeking the truth about the JFK assassination. That's right. But, Anybody today who is even halfway awake understands that the official narrative about the JFK assassination is absolutely uh, rubbish. And so, um, you know, they there people were waking up to it, realizing that um, the Warren Commission was, you know, uh, fake and that it was telling mm -hmm. a lie. And so right. they were starting to rise up and the CIA said, we can't have this. So they created a psychological operation or what's often called a psyop to try to discredit them and they they started labeling them conspiracy theorists and you know now here we are 50 years later and they're still using that term to as a personal attack against anyone who proclaims the truth over right. and against the uh, formal you know, official narrative so but when we talk about conspiracy we need to understand that that's a biblical concept and the, the yes. key passage about the great conspiracy or the grand conspiracy or what I and, and many others call the Luciferian conspiracy, the key passage is Psalm chapter 2. And in Psalm chapter 2, written by King David, uh, he doesn't tell us that in the psalm, but we know from comparing Scripture with Scripture in the book of Acts that this is David's psalm. But he writes uh, about this great conspiracy, and it's a conspiracy involving Satan uh, human earthly leaders and his demons. So three participants in the great conspiracy and a conspiracy. If you look it up in a dictionary, just means two or more people working together to commit a crime or do something evil. And mm -hmm. uh, so in this case, you've got three parties to the conspiracy, uh, Satan, demons, and human agents. And what are they conspiring to do to take over the world, to dethrone the creator of the universe and his anointed our savior and messiah jesus christ who's going to rule the world someday with a rod of iron and perfect peace and justice so let me read just the first three verses of psalm 2 just to let our listeners know this isn't something that people are making up this is straight out of scripture uh, it goes all the way back to genesis by the way when satan got kicked out of heaven yes and uh he said i can't have the throne in the heavenlies well i'll take the throne on earth then and he's been trying ever since for uh, 6,000 years now to 
to, to overcome God and, and make this world his own. Um, but we read in Psalm 2, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? So they're plotting something here. It's mm-hmm. vain because it won't succeed. We already know who wins in the end. That's right. But he goes on to say, the kings of the earth set themselves along with the rulers and take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. So as I said, their target is the Lord Yahweh. The the word Lord there in verse 2 is in all caps, which in our English translations, if you have a good translation anyway, whenever you see Lord in all caps, that's a reference to Yahweh, the the one true God. Um, And his anointed, it's capitalized A, anointed, uh, capital A, because it's referring to Jesus Christ, the, the Son of God. So that's their target, God and Christ. And mm-hmm. they are saying, quote, this, here's what they're saying, these con- conspirators, let us break their bonds in pieces, referring to the triune God, and mm-hmm. cast away their cords from us. So in other words, they don't like God's sovereign control. They don't like that he's in charge. And they want to rip the cords off and, and, and have total autonomy and defeat God. So, so that's the basic conspiracy that we're talking about. Is, is, it is a satanic attempt to overthrow and thwart the plans of God. Absolutely. And it's been raging for millennia. Now, of course, God is sovereign and his timetable is all that matters. And Amen. so they have been striving for centuries, especially in the modern era, to usher in this one world system. And they have not succeeded because uh, God is not willing that any should perish, and he wants time to go on for have time for people to get saved. But, but we know from Scripture that ultimately the Luciferians will succeed for a one-year period. Right. Seven years. They will have total and utter control over the world after the Lord rescues the church from this present evil age. Uh, an evil man of sin indwelt by Satan, uh, referred to in the scripture as the Antichrist, which we talked about as the sort of the, the underlying premise of the book. Uh, and we read about him in 1 John <clears throat> chapter uh, 2, verse 18, mm-hmm. where John says, uh, it is the last hour, referring to this present age, the whole church age is referred to as the last days or the last hour. And he says, as you have heard that the Antichrist, capital A, is coming, referring to that future world tyrant who at the behest of Satan will be ruling the world in tyranny. Uh, He says, you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists, little a, have come. And then later on in chapter four of 1 John, he says, any spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. That's right. So this evil uh, underlying uh, attitude and spirit, if you want to, as the scripture calls it, uh, is, you know, emanating from this Luciferian uh, conspiracy. And it's been raging, uh, you know, from all four, you know, from the four corners of the globe, if you want to uh, use that biblical metaphor. So, so what we see happening now, and this was really the, uh, the motivation to get this information out there, is that we are closer than ever before to the end game. I mean, Satan through, you know, Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, the UN, Bill Gates, other, you know, manufactured terror and manufactured pandemics and other 
uh, false narratives. They are doing everything they can to get the world prepared for a one world system politically, geographically, religiously, and economically. And, uh, and it's coming. Now, it does not mean that it's going to happen according to their timetable. Their timetable, which is something that we've addressed before on this show, uh, but their timetable is the mid-2020s. They've been talking about those dates yeah. for 100 years. Uh, yeah, yeah, they have. Um, so they make no bones about what their goals are. Uh, it's the Great Reset, as Klaus Schwab calls it. Uh, that does not mean that they're going to succeed, because, again, God's ultimately in control. But, yeah. we, but it does mean that they're working very hard toward that goal, and that impacts uh, the world. It impacts believers. It impacts unbelievers. It impacts families. It impacts children. It impacts all of us. And so we have a duty. In fact, in the book, in chapter uh, 12, I think it is, uh, I, I talk about why all of this matters and, and why it's important, uh, you know, to study this stuff and be aware. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Bible uh, tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. That's right. In other words, pay attention. Pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it has a practical impact. So that's kind of the biblical basis for it. And I go into obviously much greater detail in the early chapters of the book. But then I sort of start addressing some of these manifestations of the spirit of the Antichrist and how they are really spiraling out of control and leading us uh, into uh, this, you know, this end game of the Luciferians. Well, I'll tell you, you do a fantastic job, JB, of of detailing uh, the basic foundation of the deception itself and where it comes from. Uh, and, and if you could summarize uh, the platform upon which this deception is occurring, uh, the basic foundation of it, what would it be? Well, I think one of the driving operating principles of the Luciferians is what uh, is called the Hegelian dialectic, uh, the Hegelian dialectic, and it's, uh, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, you see it behind almost every, th- you know, event or world event that takes place. Uh, it's commonly referred to as problem, reaction, solution. And, you know, that's, I find that kind of interesting in itself, uh, that Satan employs a kind of a, a false Trinitarian concept, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He always likes to, you know, to work in in threes, mimicking uh, the eternal, timeless creator of the universe. We see that certainly in the book of Revelation during that seven year uh, tribulation period that I referenced a moment ago. The false trinity is going to be Satan, the Antichrist and the false prophet. Yeah, right. Um, so they're going to rule uh, together. The dragon, as, as he's referred to in the book of Revelation, Satan, the beast which is the Antichrist and the, uh, the false prophet. So, yeah, you're right. It's an it's a, it's a interesting attempt, but um, let me, I'll give some examples of what that means, because Hegelian dialectic, I mean, that, that's kind of a big you know, phrase, but it's basically named after that German philosopher, philosopher George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel, who, along with Immanuel Kant, was kind of one of the fundamental figures of modern Western philosophical movement. And uh, he taught 
that the synthetic solution to the conflicts that are created cannot be introduced unless those being manipulated take a side that will advance the ultimate predetermined agenda. And so his teaching or his model has become what's known as the Hegelian dialectic. It's a kind of a controlled opposition type thing. Uh, and we're going to kind of give some examples of that. And of course, if people are interested in more detail, it's in chapter eight of the book. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to give a kind of a quick overview of some of the subjects uh, that we that we do address. Um, of course, I I actually detail and diagram the whole Luciferian conspiracy uh, and some of its layers. There are three layers that I talk about, uh, yes. and, and I mentioned some of the players from a human perspective. Mm -hmm. So we understand, as we already said, that the conspiracy involves Satan, demons, and human agents. Those those three elements. But the book, primarily after laying the foundation, deals with the human element. You know what what are people doing? in the in our world today to advance satan's agenda and so yeah. i diagram that out and uh talk about satan's earthly co-conspirators and then we begin to look at things like uh, in chapter six operation mockingbird and the fall oh, yeah. paradigm so that's uh that's a big one you know we that is a huge one and uh, uh you know i think most people will be shocked to find out about that um I mean, I knew about it from past studies, and, and so have you, uh, but I think the public is largely unaware of it. Oh, yeah, they're still mesmerized the, uh, by the media, even though on some level they understand that the media cannot be trusted. At the same time, yeah. every time something happens, what do we do? Like this Russia-Ukraine conflict, first thing everybody does, turn on the TV and watch Fox News, and they don't understand that they're being programmed. I mean, there's a reason they call you know television shows programming. <laughs> You know, yeah, this programming is brought, brought to you by, you know, Tide detergent. No, it's not brought to you by Tide detergent. It's brought to you by the CIA. Yeah. And the that's right. That's so, right. Um, but uh, in that chapter on Operation Mockingbird, we talk about uh, the, the church committee hearings going back uh, decades ago and how that exposed how the CIA had thousands of operatives throughout every aspect of mainstream media uh, to on the payroll to. Um, you know, to do their bidding. And it's yeah. all about uh, mind control and controlling the narrative. So uh, interesting example of how Satan is, uh, you know, advancing his agenda through the media. And then uh, speaking of the media in chapter seven, we get into fake news and censorship. Yeah. It's a fairly new development. I mean, in at least in its current form, uh, obviously censorship mm -hmm. has been around as long as truth has been around, but right. What we see happening in America anyway, uh, and we've experienced it firsthand many times at Not By Works Ministries, is the truth being censored or banned yeah. from various social media platforms um, and uh, basically the creation of a prison planet. It's, it's unprecedented control uh, of, the, of the information. So that makes it harder for truth seekers uh, who want to really dig deeper and find out what's really going on to do so. And, and I've watched it over these 15 years, you know, believe it or not, when I first uh, <clears throat> woke up to the reality of the grand conspiracy, uh, you know, I spent hours on YouTube watching uh, independent documentaries and eyewitness accounts, you know, uh, especially related to uh, the 
uh, terrorist attacks. Oh yes, those types of things. And but those videos are all gone now. You cannot find them now. They I downloaded yes. them and saved them. I've got an external hard drive that's got hundreds of you know eyewitness accounts. Like I've got some from Shanksville, where there were citizens of Shanksville in the early days of the. Yeah. Uh, you know, events there when that plane went down, uh, their eyewitness account. I've got all kinds of data, and obviously not just me, a lot of people do. But back in the day, my point is, it was all readily available. Yeah. But not anymore. Not anymore. That's right. Strangely, you cannot find it now. Yeah. And there are a lot of new, newer video platforms have popped up, but slowly, even those are starting to be controlled. You know, yes, they are. We left YouTube, you know, a year ago. We still have our YouTube channel and all of our archived stuff is still up there, but we don't post any new videos to YouTube because they've banned eight or nine of my videos. And I just I just yeah. got so frustrated and angry with that uh, satanically controlled uh, outlet that I said, forget it. So we moved over to Rumble, but even Rumble uh, has, uh, you know, started to be controlled. So it's getting harder and harder uh, to separate fake news from real news. Um, and uh, we can deal with that in chapter seven. You know, then uh, you know. Let me interject something here real quickly, JB. I think that goes to your point about a statement you made a little earlier that in order for them to control the narrative, uh, they actually have to control both sides of it. Right. Yeah. Correct. Yes, they do. Yeah. So, and so, so that's what you're saying is a lot of what our entire political system. Yeah, the left and the right, the Democrats and Republicans, it is not uh, good versus evil. It's evil working hand in hand is really what right. it is. Absolutely. So Fox News, CNN, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, all of those are manufactured. And we know this. This isn't just from observation. OK, we, we know this yeah. as a matter of documented fact. And I, I right. give the, the proof in the book where we see people like Carol Quigley, for example, who was the historian for the Council on Foreign Relations and wrote his uh, monumental work, Tragedy and Hope, in which he explained that they sat around a table one day and came up with a way to implement the Hegelian dialectic with regards to the political system in the United States. And they said, what we need to do is create two opposing parties so that one would be on the right and one would be on the left and everybody would think they have their voice uh, but really, every and every four years, they even say every four years they can, quote, throw the rascals out if they don't like them. Yeah. That the agenda keeps going forward. Nothing ever changes. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really that's one of my uh, more, I think, meaningful sections that I worked on because I found uh, yeah. and there's there's so much new material, some 40 to 50 percent of the content of this book is previously unpresented by me in any video series or any other book. And so uh, I dealt with a lot of the same material in the video series uh, by the same name. But this book obviously is a whole different format and it's got tons of new information because when I want it, when I when I'm trying to cover something in a 45 minute lecture and the first 15 minutes of it is review from the previous week, you know, it's kind of <laughs> hard to give much detail. But right. the book, I really wanted to document. And so that's why it's such a lengthy book, 300 pages with, you know, almost 40 pages of documentation. But um, but I'm really proud of the section where I talk about the genesis of this fake right left paradigm. And I have several uh, poignant quotes in there about how, for example, you know, the Republicans 
you know, their, their, their bark is louder than their bite. You know, they all oh they talk a great game, but then they get in power and nothing still changes. <laughs> so right. uh, now, now I want to clarify philosophically and certainly theologically, we definitely recognize there is a right and a left. There's a right and a wrong. You know, there is biblical yes. principles and then there are socialistic, communistic, you know, satanic principles. So yes. I'm not denying the reality of a right and a left, but what I'm saying is the way the system has been created in the United States, if you hitch your wagon, you know, to Fox News or Tucker Carlson or Bill O'Reilly or Sean Hannity or Rush Limbaugh or, you know, the Republican Party, you're missing the point. Um, right, right. And, uh, it's just the battle is not going to be won at the ballot box, especially because of another subject that we don't get into in this book, but we will in the in the next volume, uh, and we do get into it in the video series, and that is fake elections. Um, oh boy! So uh, you know they, in order to control things, not only do they have to control the media, the education system, which we do touch on that quite a bit in this book, uh, give you some very uh, sickening statistics and quotes for about the history of American education, but they control the political system. They control the ballot boxes. So, um, you know, that this is something I've been talking about for 15 years. They, the, uh, fake election. Of and, and, those do, and, and those do exist. Oh yeah, no doubt. I, I'd like to point out to our listeners, JB, that, you know, when you present this material, it's not to burst anybody's bubble. We don't get any satisfaction out of that, but we do want people to wake up and really see the reality of what's going on. Correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not trying to be contrary or, you know, even confrontational necessarily, but right. like you know, the election of 2020, which by all accounts was the most blatant oh. rigged election in the history of American politics. No um, it, it's great that more people are now waking up to it, but where, where were you 15 years ago? You know, people don't understand that yeah. you know, the Bush Gore election was rigged. The Bush Kerry election was rigged. Oh, the boy. Obama election, the first one was, didn't need to be rigged because it was, I mean, good grief, McCain Palin was hardly a formidable foe. Uh, <laughs> second one, Obama Romney was absolutely rigged. And then, oh, yeah. uh, and then the, by the way, the Trump uh, Hillary election was vastly rigged yes. because they're in control. They want, they know yes. who they want in there to serve their purpose. And I'm not suggesting that Donald Trump is somehow an insider and part of the Luciferian conspiracy or the deep state, as some people call it, who don't have a biblical worldview. Uh, the Bible calls it the Luciferian conspiracy or yeah. refers to it in that regard. We give it that label. Um, because it's described as a conspiracy led by Satan. Um, but people that don't really see through the lens of scripture talk about the deep state. Look, yeah. I'm not suggesting that Donald Trump was in on it, so to speak, but he absolutely was a pawn in the game. And he was the guy they needed to roll out the fake pandemic, to encourage churches to shut down. I mean, as you've heard me say before, I mean, there's no way they could have gotten Hillary Clinton to convince evangelical Christians to stop worshiping God on Easter Sunday. <laughs> that would have caused a revolt. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. when a Republican, uh, so-called, you know, outsider like Donald Trump stands up and says, hey, just quit worshiping God for nine or 10 weeks. It'll be OK. Uh, everybody bowed down and did it. Um, and then more importantly, they needed him to roll out 
uh, the Trump shot, you know, that gene editing bioinjection that is yep. very dangerous. Uh, and, uh, and again, as I talk about in chapter nine, the biggest chapter in the book, that was planned 22 years ago. You and I have talked about it. Um, this yes. was not an organic thing that just happened to occur on Trump's watch. They lined it all up, like sure did. lining up a cue ball, and then they they unrolled they rolled it out. Now again, it does not mean that Trump was complicit, or I mean right. willingly complicit. Yeah, uh, but you can't rule him out on that count either. We, we but, really know for sure. But you can't rule it out on that. I've been on so many different shows where I, I think people are still kind of trapped in that right of paradigm. I, I tend to try to soften it a little bit, but I'm glad you said that because yeah, you, you can't rule it out, but I, you know, I, we don't really know. So I want to be. That's, that's right. We can't, uh, can't make any accusations right. uh, that are not based in fact. And, and, but we can't rule it out. We can't right. rule out the possibility that he is complicit. Yeah. And we can, we can't definitively say that he wasn't, you know, yeah. or, or that he is, or that he isn't. Right. So, but the point is, as you, as you said a moment ago, it, it really is uh, all controlled. They got to control both sides of uh, the narrative and, mm-hmm. you know, they are, and by the way, I believe a lot of the people, even in the media aren't aware of it. Oh, I, I believe you know? that too. I mean, yeah. I think Tucker Carlson for the most part probably really believes what he's saying. Now that's yeah. not always the case. There are plenty of other talking heads on TV who absolutely know that they're just playing a part. And yes. they may sound passionate and really sound like they believe what they're saying. But, you know, I've, I've known people who were, you know, on Fox News and CNN, and they tell me that when they go to commercial break, you know, these so-called enemies of each other, the right and the left, yeah. two seconds earlier, were going at each other's throats. The minute they cut to commercial break, they're high-fiving each other. It's a great, good job, nice point. And man, I like the way you said it this way. And let's come at it. This it's all staged, it's all planned, you know. Yeah. So yeah. uh so anyway, you know, that's kind of just some highlights. Uh, obviously, chapter nine is vaccines and big pharma, chapter 10 is false flags and eugenics, the whole depopulation agenda. And big chapter, yeah. People will be stunned at some of the examples of false flags. Um, a false flag is just, uh, you know, basically an enemy in disguise. It's to attack, uh, you know, or, or perform some other hostile action with your identity obscured so that it makes it look like. Yeah. It's a, it's a Trojan horse. Yeah, it's exactly. It's a Trojan horse. So, um, but, uh, so yeah, we'll, you know, we, we get into that in great detail in chapter 10, but in the remaining time, let's let's come back and, and talk about this this idea of you know the Hegelian dialectic and and really you know what that's uh, all about. Um, yeah, please spend as much time on that as you can. I, I think that if people understand the root cause of, of everything that's going on right now, they'd be able to understand and and bring into clearer focus Bible prophecy, which is even more important. So. Yeah, for sure, because you got to see clearly to be able to correctly interpret uh, you know, world events and, and God's plan of the ages. In fact, yeah. you have to see clearly to interpret all of Scripture. You know, right. one of the problems at large in the church today is that people aren't handling the Scripture correctly, mm-hmm. and they, they have this allegorical interpretive method where they come at the text with these ideas already bouncing around in their head, and they try to twist and squeeze the, the words of Scripture to fit their idea. 
you know, rather than cutting straight, as Paul says in 2 Timothy uh, 2, 15, uh, and trying to correctly handle a clear, unobscure path to the original authorial meaning. And so really this, this Hegelian dialectic is, uh, is just a way of uh, advancing an evil agenda uh, and, and getting the people to help you do it. And they don't even realize they're, they're kind of, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're building their own scaffolding for the, for the noose, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we deal with Hegelian dialectic in chapter eight in, in conjunction with geoengineering. And we did that for a reason because right. geoengineering is now something that's becoming more and more widely known and it is a pretty easy picture to see of the Hegelian dialectic in action. So yes. let's talk about geoengineering for a second. What do we mean by that? Well, we mean that the government uh, at the behest of the Luciferian global elite that are pulling the strings has been for decades now filling our stratosphere with nanoparticles of heavy metals like barium, strontium, uh, uh, you know, aluminum and other things uh, to uh, for all kinds of nefarious means. I document in the book in chapter eight that it's primarily depopulation, but it's multifaceted. But the reason they say they're doing it is to combat climate change or global warming, right? So basically, they create a problem. Oh, the earth is being destroyed because you're using too much deodorant and driving an SUV. So we've got a, we've got a, solve this problem the whole world's going and, to come and, crashing and, down. and not only that but you have if you're a farmer you can't get by with anything either because you got too many cows out and past yep. your farting yeah got too many kids you know yeah. we're all just bre useless breathers using up carbon you know whatever yeah. oh yeah uh, uh, or affecting the, the stratosphere so anyway that's their stated problem is oh the world is falling apart and it's all because of you humans and so we've got to fix it well how do we fix it well we're going to spray all this stuff in the sky now what's fascinating about that is again they've been doing this uh for you know decades i mean you can go back to the vietnam war and yeah. i actually show some uh government operations and i you know list them uh documented uh, they even go back before that. So they've been tinkering with the planetary systems, the, the, the skies, if you will, for a long time. Uh, initially, it was for weather control. And I've got some great quotes in there by Kennedy and Johnson and others talking about how, you know, if you can control the weather, you can control the world. Um, but uh, so it's not, you know, just about weather control, though. It's, it's about all kinds of other nefarious means. But, but they've in earnest been spraying stuff, you know, very visibly and very uh, pervasively for the last 20 years. And, and I've watched this uh, and I've, you know, looked up the patents and looked up the private company contract, government contracts. I've seen eyewitness accounts of the nozzles being affixed to commercial air jets, airliners. And, but what for early on, when I would talk about this, uh, I would be scoffed at, and I've even been censored in one case uh, because, uh, oh, that can't possibly be true. Those aren't chemtrails you're seeing, chemical trails, they're contrails. Uh, never mind the fact that they get turned on and off, you know, every 10 seconds, and it's just so patently obvious that's not what we're dealing with. Right. But anyway, 
finally, after the government denied, 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 and I know that's not what we're doing, that's not what we're doing, finally, it, it the, the world became so blinded that they just came out and admitted it. And so now you've had congressional hearings about it, you've had UN subcommittees talking about it, there are websites dedicated to it, uh, Popular Science Magazine has a entire section, I think it's Popular Science, I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, but I think it's Popular Science has an entire section dedicated to it. Uh, yeah, Popular Science, I found it in my notes here. Uh, and I list some of the articles that they've been publishing since going back to 2005. Yeah. Uh, things like, is blocking the sun a good solution to the climate crisis? Uh <laughs> In 2018, they had an article, scientists have some pretty outlandish ideas for cooling the planet. Everything you need to know about geoengineering. Why is the CIA funding geoengineering research? I mean, this is all right in plain sight in mainstream publications. So, but here's where the Hegelian dialectic comes in. So they finally admit, yes, we're doing it. We're spraying dangerous, lethal nanoparticles in the sky and it's you're breathing it in it's landing on our plants that we then eat it's a contaminating our soil our drinking water but what they finally come out and say is yeah of course we're doing it but we're doing it to save everyone from global warming so do you see how that works so you 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 want if you wanted to spray stuff in the sky and get away with it and make people think oh we need more of it all you've got to do is create a an artificial problem Yep. Like global, global warming. Like Kissinger said, a promulgated crisis. Yes, a promulgated crisis, exactly. And, and or Rahm Emanuel quoting many others before him. And I, again, that's the yeah. kind of thing we do in the book. You know, everybody knows Rahm Emanuel said, never let a good crisis go to waste, but they don't realize that he was just parroting what other Luciferians have said for 100 years. Oh, yeah. I cite those in the book, same exact quote. And so uh, what they mean by that is we're going to create the crisis and then use it to accomplish the goal we wanted to accomplish all along. So problem, then they create the problem, anticipating that what the reaction will be. The reaction is, save us from global warming. We're all going to die. The earth is going to be destroyed in 10 years or whatever. And then they, have, they already have the solution in mind, which is what they were planning to do all along. But now they've just got us begging them for it. So. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's, it's, it's problem, reaction, solution, or the Hegelian dialectic. That, that is the, the, the entire crux of the Hegelian dialectic. Now, there's much more to it, but in, in short, in, in the, the basic foundation is problem, create a problem, gave, watch the reaction, and then uh, give your own pre-approved solution to the problem. And that's how they're controlling things. That's exactly correct. Yeah. Uh, now, as we examine this a little further, which we may do next week, uh, if, if that would be okay, JB, uh, I believe that the more we understand about that basic foundation of the evil that's in control right now will bring into clearer focus a lot of Bible prophecy uh, and I, I think I think it's necessary for people to understand the future as well as the past. Uh, and uh, we just want to bring Bible prophecy uh, and the scriptures regarding it into clearer focus. So, yeah. and I think that'll help. Yeah, the phrase that I that people who followed our teaching for 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 many years have heard me say again and again is, "It's seldom about what it's about," or sometimes I'll say, "It's never about right. what it's about," or "It's not about what it's about." Right. 
What I mean when I say that is, I, you know, I'm just referring to the Hegelian dialectic. And so an example that we see right now in geopolitical events is the Russia-Ukraine crisis. You know, that's the Hegelian yeah. dialectic at play. It's not about poor Ukraine or evil Putin. It's not about that at all. That's what they've got us all distracted with. And they've got, you know, mainstream media talking heads over there on site uh, reporting from the field and, and uh, you know, drumming up support for, for World War III. But that's what, that's what the Luciferians have wanted all along. It's in their writings. We've seen it. They've been targeting the mid-2020s for a, a World War III, and they want it to be a hot war, a nuclear war. And so they're sitting here thinking, wow, no one's just going to start a war. We got to do something to, to trigger that. We got to do something to get everybody upset. And so we're going we're mm -hmm. to create this conflict, and we're going to show uh, all of these pictures of bombed hospitals and nursing homes and whatever. And, and by the way, innocent people really are dying over there. I mean, yes, that's the thing are. about the Hegelian dialectic. It's not like it's a completely fake theater happening on a stage. Yeah, it happens. It's not, it's not something benign. People are actually yeah. being harmed by this, which is also part of the depopulation plan. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's so multifaceted. It's, it's just hard to really even understand. But, you know, Satan is the author of confusion. And yes. so he's, he's creating confusion. And there are a lot of you know, alt, alt media people out there that are exposing some of the realities about this Russia-Ukraine conflict, but even they aren't really connecting all of the dots. They're giving pieces of the puzzle that are important, but we just need to step back and say, you know, it's not about what it's about. It's another illustration of the Hegelian dialectic is like the magician who with his right hand is, you know, shuffling a cards or holding up a card or holding up a dove or something. And you've got all your attention focused on his right hand. Meanwhile, his left hand is going behind his back to, to get some other uh, prop or something that's needed for the trick. So it's, right. it's just, it's distraction. You know, mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, keep your eyes fixed on Russia, Ukraine. Meanwhile, we're going to do some other stuff over here. And then someday we'll look back and we'll realize, you know what, it wasn't about what it was about. That's right. Achieving some nefarious end. So yeah, we'll we'll get into that uh, in greater detail maybe next time to give you several other examples, some of which we talk about in the book. But really want to encourage people. Uh, it, it's so important for such a time as this to be informed. And so go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org. Pick up the book if you can. Pick up a couple of copies and give one away. I've had several people. I bet I've had ten or fifteen different people that have ordered as many as 10 books each. So they say, we want to give this out. And by the way, if you want to order a, a large amount like that, let me know. We'll, we'll give you, uh, you know, as much of a discount as we can. Um, and I've also given away uh, copies uh, to people that I just, I really want to have this message. It's not about selling books. As I've said, it's the most important book I think I've written to date. And we've got to get this message out. Time is short. You know what? You're absolutely right, JB. And I, I tell you, this it's a fascinating, uh, just extremely well-written book. And I, I got to tell you, I really appreciate uh, the time and the effort that it took you to, to put this together uh, and, and to, let, to let people know, hey, it's time to wake up, guys. It's time. Uh, it, it's getting a little late in the game. So let's, let's wake up. Hurry. You're going to be late. You're going to be late to the party. Yep. And when I say the party, I mean... I'm really referring to the rapture because that's really what 
what our aim is wake up if you if you can see the reality of what's happening and and you can come to a realization that you need jesus christ as your savior uh that's being rapture ready because that's going to be happening too yeah i, I mean think it's going to be happening soon the the closer we get to the seven-year reign of terror uh, and the stage is definitely being set for that with this spirit of the Antichrist at, at large. Uh, that means we're getting closer to the rapture. Now, we can't Amen. set a date. We're not trying to look at a calendar and say, here's where it's going to happen. We're just saying it's happening all around us. You, you better be ready. So, yeah, I would really uh, encourage people to, to check it out. Again, the easiest way is just spiritoftheantichrist.org. That'll take you right to the page where you can order it. But uh, look forward to kind of talking more about this uh, MO, if you want to call it that, mode of operation of Satan, uh, the Hegelian dialectic next time. All right, then we'll cover that next week. And uh, until then, we want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And a lot of great information put out there to, today, JB. And, and yes, uh, I would recommend that everybody go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, pick up a copy or several copies of this book, and let's get it out there to as many people as we can. I, I, it's it's really critical information. And uh, thank you so much for putting this out there, JB. Um, until next week, uh, actually, let me remind our, our listeners that we'll be able to speak with you next Tuesday morning, uh, the Lord willing. And uh, But we also have some other great teaching in store for you on Saturday morning with Pastor Dick and Saturday evening with Lucas DeRemus. Um, we're, we're getting mad, mad attention to, to both of those uh, segments too. And uh, they're every bit as vital. So it, it, we, we put out some of the best information that Christians can get and non-believers can get, especially uh, with, with the goal of bringing more and more people to Jesus Christ, saving knowledge of him. So, JB, we want to thank you again for being with us this morning. We look forward to next week. And uh, until Saturday morning with Pastor Dick, this is the Christian Underground News Network signing off, and we'll see you soon. God bless.